0: Damon Runyon Theater. Once again, the Damon Runyon Theater brings you another story by the master storyteller Damon Runyon, and this one,
1: Breach of Promise. And
0: to tell it to you, here is Broadway.
1: Thanks. How I happen to know this story is a story in itself. But I will skip that and tell you about Mr. Jabez Tuesday and a doll named Amelia Bodkin. It also concerns Harry the Horse and Miltia Willie. And how they get mixed up in something like this is quite a story, which I will tell you in a minute. (laughs)
0: And now, back to the Damon Runyon Theater and the famous story,
1: Breach of Promise. Well, one day, a certain party by the name of Judge Farber sends word that he wishes to see me in his office. Of course, he is no more a judge than I am. And he is never a judge. And he is 100 to 1 in my line against ever being a judge. But he gets his name from being very smart and being able to help certain citizens out of difficulties when the need for that arises. Well, I call on Judge Farber, and he takes me into his private office, and the scene is as follows.
2: Broadway, I'd like very much to get in touch with a couple of friends of yours.
1: Friends of mine? Mm Mm-hmm. Who might they be, Judge?
2: They might be anyone. But these particular friends happen to be Harry the Horse and Milk Ear Willie.
1: Huh? Why do you wish to contact them?
2: I have a little job for them.
1: Ah, uh, What is the job? Well, it's
2: out-of-town work that requires tact and uh, some nerve.
1: The nerve is with them, Judge, but by no stretch of the imagination can I conscientiously recommend their tact.
2: I have a client who is willing to pay quite a large sum of money to uh, obtain some letters. Letters? Letters. Letters.
1: Well, you see, Judge, as much as I like to help out a friend, I am afraid I cannot do this. Why not? Because if I steer them into anything that is bad, they will come to see me. I do not like Harry the Horse and Milk Willie to come to see me with anything on their minds but their hats.
2: (laughs) I see. (laughs) Well, suppose you just tell me where they live and I'll contact them.
1: They do not live exactly anywhere. But, um... There is a certain spot in Clinton Street where information might be picked up. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you, Broadway. Thank you very much. If I can ever return the favor, please let me know.
1: Judge, I hope I am never in a spot where I need a favor like the ones you are able to return. Well, that is the start of it. And I do not hear anything more of the matter for several weeks. But one evening I am in Mindy's enjoying a little cold borscht, which is most refreshing in the hot weather which is going on at the time. I say I am enjoying it, but not for long. Because all of a sudden there is a blast of air, and the scene is as follows.
3: Broadway? Broadway, <coughs> our pal. Harry. Uh, Milkier. What is the matter? You swallow
1: something? My tongue, I think. But you we are looking for Judge Farber. Do you see him around lately? No, not exactly.
3: Why? Well, we wish to thank you anyway for the job of work you throw our way. It is an interesting job. Is it not, Milky? In fact, most interesting. It, uh, it turns out well for you?
4: Mm, Well, yes
3: and no. Uh, Do you wish to hear about it? Well, I... You go ahead with your borscht, and I will give you all the details so you will understand why we wish to see Judge Farber. All right, Harry. Well... It turns out that the job is not for Judge Farber personally, but for a client of his.
5: Yeah, and who is this client but Mister Jabez Tuesday, the millionaire, the same, the one who owns all the restaurants. Well, what does he want with you? I am coming to that. Well, we
3: go to see this Mister Jabez Tuesday. He lives at a Fifth Avenue hotel where he makes his home, and me and Millfield go oh, there. Oh yes, uh, yes, I see. You're the two
6: gentlemen whom uh, the judge sent to do. Well, that is, uh, you're the two men whom I we wish are to...
3: We uh... are here, Mr. Tuesday. Get to the point.
5: Yeah, to the point.
6: Yeah, well, I want you to get some letters for me.
3: Uh, oh, no, Nix. That is out. We do not crack a post office. Oh, no, you don't understand. There is nothing to understand about cracking a post office.
5: It is just not being done.
6: Well, these letters are in a private home. Oh, that is different. Uh, proceed, Mr. Tuesday. I, uh... Well, I wrote them to a Miss Amelia Bodkin, and there are, well, certain things in the letters I wish I hadn't said.
5: What do you write?
3: Well, certain things which, uh, well, you see... What you mean uh, to say is that you write things which this doll, Amelia Bodkin, could use to put the blast on you.
6: Precisely.
5: Why do you want these letters?
6: Because I'm going to be married, and I do not think my fiancé would appreciate the, the fact that I wrote them hmm uh-huh. I'm afraid Miss Bodkin may sue me for breach of promise. What is that? Well, it's when someone promises to do something and then fails to do it.
5: Oh,
3: we have got another name for it. But it is practically the same thing. And we go about correcting
5: the situation a little different.
3: Will you do this for me? We must uh, settle
6: first the matter of finance. Well, I'll pay uh, $10,000 for those letters.
5: That sounds like you once are a busy fellow with a pen.
6: Valerie must never find out about it. Now you bring in a ringer. Uh, who is this Valerie? Oh, she's my fiancée, Valerie Scarwater. Uh, she comes from a, a fine family. Any breath of scandal would would result in wrecking my coming
3: marriage to her. Okay. Now what's the layout? The what? He means where are the letters. And uh, is the crib hard to crack? You what?
5: He means, is it a tough job?
3: Oh, oh, no, no, not at all. Uh,
6: Amelia lives in Terrytown. There's only a butler uh, beside her in the house. But uh, you've got to make it look as though you didn't just go after the letters.
3: If they are missing and it's better than six to five, someone will say they are taken. That is very
5: logical, Harry.
3: It is more than that. It makes sense. Uh, Look, the letters are in an inlaid
6: silver box. Take the box along with other silverware. There is other silverware? Yes, a uh, Paul Revere teapot. Paul Revere? The jockey? The teapot is worth quite a bit, so you can make the whole thing look as though it's an ordinary burglary.
3: Ordinary? You wrong us, Mr. Tuesday. Oh, I'm sorry. But you'll do it. Mr. Tuesday? For 10 G's, Milk Gear and myself will take the letters off the front of the giant's uniforms. <laughs>
1: Well, that is the start of the story that Harry and Milkier tell. But it is by no means the end. In fact, what starts out as a nice ordinary deal ends up quite complicated. Anyway, Harry and Milkier borrow a car from a friend and they drive out to the Tarrytown. They are approaching the home of Miss Amelia Bodkin, and the scene is as follows.
3: Milkier. What, Harry? What is this you tell me about being able to drive a car like a racing driver?
5: What's the matter? I am not doing all right. It would be better if you kept
3: more on the road. I am looking for the house. I will look. You will watch the road. Try to stay with it a little more.
5: It's pretty out here, ain't it?
3: Do not look at the scenery at night.
5: Hey, look. There's a house up ahead.
3: Uh-huh. We will case the place first. Then we will see about making an entrance.
5: This is a pipe. Just the old doll and a butler. Yeah.
3: Milk Gear, why are you driving on the left side of the road? I am left-handed when I am a kid. I guess I never get over the habit. Take it easy now. And turn in there where the gatepost is. Then we stop the car and case the place from there. Sure. Milk Gear, you will slow up. We are not yet to the gatepost. Milk Gear, you must not stop the car all at once. Ease into it.
5: Harry, if you wish to drive, I will move over and you may do
3: so. Easy, easy.
4: Hey, look out! (laughs)
1: Well, from what Harry the horse tells me, Milkear misjudges the distance and does his stopping by means of a concrete gatepost, which is considerably harder than the car. Also, it is considerably hotter than Milkear's head, which is quite a feat in itself. Anyway, it is somewhat later when Milkear wakes up. He is in a nice white bed with nice clean sheets. The room is very pretty. In fact, the only jarring note is Harry the horse sitting by the bed, looking at him. Then the scene is as follows.
3: I am glad to see you are awake. In fact, I am glad I am able to see. What happens? We are without a car. Oh, my head. If you will put your hand up there, you will find that your head is now being held together by embroidery. I'm hurt? You do not feel anything?
5: No, why? Should I?
3: I guess not. Milky. Do you know where we are? No. We are in the home of Miss Amelia Bodkin. Then I make it. But while you were out like a light, there was a doctor. Why? Because you need one. Are you hurt? No, I jump before we hit. You leave me to take the rap alone? Look, it is better this way. I do not go along with that. Just listen to me. But what? It is better this way. Now, instead of having to crack this place, we are now inside. The hard way. The letters we are here to get are in this house. The doctor says you cannot move. The doctor is crazy. Maybe. But now you will stay here and find out where are the letters. Get it? Yeah. Yeah, sure. This is essential. Uh Uh-huh. Now you...
7: May I come in?
3: (laughs) Sight me, Miss Bodkin. Sight me. Oh,
7: are can't you? Yeah. Well, no, you were very lucky. That cut might have been worse. You let me look at that bandage. Well, yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Hungry? Hungry? I.
8: Well,
7: yeah. Yeah, I guess I am. It's good. I made some nice hot broth. This is very
5: elegant of you, Miss Bodkin.
7: Nonsense. I'm only too happy the accident happened where I could be of some help.
5: I am very sorry I knocked over your gatepost.
7: Little sticks, I didn't like it anyway. I've been meaning to have it removed for a long time.
5: (laughs) My
3: friend saves you the trouble.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I'll get the broth. Yeah, thanks. Now, don't move around too much. The doctor says you're to be quiet.
5: (laughs) What is so funny? I am laughing
3: because I remember the time you once walked from Lower Broadway to Times Square with two slugs in you. (laughs) Now all you got is a scratch. (laughs) (laughs) And some hot broth.
5: (laughs) (laughs) She's a nice old doll, ain't she? Yeah. A nice old doll, but you never
3: can tell about people. Here she is, a nice old doll, with some letters she is going to use to put the blast on Mr. Jabez's Tuesday.
5: Yeah. Sometimes I am not very happy about human nature. You've got any idea where the letters are? No, you've got to find that out yourself. Myself? What about you?
3: You crazy, I cannot stay here. Why not? It is not my head which is caved in. Yeah, I see. I see. So now all you got to do is be smart. Is that possible? What do you mean? Eh, nothing, nothing, but... Uh... Put the
7: broth on the bed table, Charles, thank you.
8: Will that be all, Miss Amelia?
7: I think so, Charles, yes. Oh, this is Charles, Mr.... Uh...
3: I don't know your name. Oh, uh, mine is Harry, and this is my friend,
5: my friend... My name is Clarence. What? But I would not like for it to get around. It will go no further. Well, now that's settled.
7: Now let's have some of this nice broth. You are going to feed him? The doctor says
5: he mustn't move too much. Harry, you hear what the doctor says. I must not move too much. Uh Uh-huh.
3: Well, uh, I will be getting back to town. We have got some business to attend to, and the sooner it is settled, the better it will be for all parties concerned. You know that mil... uh, Clarence? Ta-ta, Harry. I will see you later. I will keep in touch by telephone. Uh, Charles,
7: show Mr. Harry out.
3: Yes, Miss Amelia.
7: Now, some nice hot broth.
5: This is a very nice thing you do, Miss Amelia.
7: Careful, it's the only thing I can do for a fellow human being. Oh, careful,
4: it might be too hot.
5: You, uh, cook this up yourself? Yes.
7: Don't you like it?
5: It is good. In fact, it is by far the best soup I ever (gasps) eat.
7: Why, thank you. It's so seldom that I get to make anything for anyone but Charles and myself that I...
5: You are going to say something, Miss Amelia? I'm almost ashamed of what I was going to say. Go ahead, say it. You are among friends.
7: Well, it's just that your accident, I mean, it happened here.
5: Do you like homemade apple pie, Mr. Clarence? I do not think I ever eat any. No, come to think of it, I do not. Then you will. And roast beef? Yorkshire pudding,
7: brown potatoes, and I have a whole cellar full of canned fruits just waiting to be put into pie. Look,
5: Miss Amelia, maybe it is better if you do not go to so much trouble for somebody you do not even know. But it... I want
7: to. It gets rather lonesome here. And you seem so nice.
5: Yeah? I seem nice.
7: Now, now this isn't getting you some nourishment. Come, come. Eat the rest of the pork.
1: Well, that is the way it goes. Milkier is now in a nice spot to get the lettuce and the 10,000 fish. But what happens... Well, I will tell you about it in a minute.
0: And now, back to the Damon Runyon Theater and the famous story, Breach of Promise.
1: Well, Milkier Willie stays in Miss Amelia Bodkin's house. It comes up some days later, and Milkier is able to sit up. Personally, I think Milkier could walk around with no head. He is that tough. But he has got to find the letters. So, what goes on is as follows.
8: Do you care for more coffee, Mr. Clarence?
1: Huh?
5: Oh, no, no thanks, Charles.
8: Then I'll take out the tray.
5: Uh, uh, Charles. Yes, Mr. Clarence? Look, drop that mister stuff. You and me can talk man to man, huh? I suppose so. Uh, Miss Amelia, it seems to me that a nice old doll like she is should be married a long time ago. What happens that she is not? I think because she is in love with someone. Is that not the usual reason for marriage?
8: You don't understand. The man she loves is Mr. Jabez Tuesday. You've heard of him, haven't you?
5: Yeah, in a roundabout way. Well,
8: they met a long time ago. Then he invested some money in a business. It was her money.
5: He never pays it back? Oh, yes, yes.
8: With interest. But it it just seemed that that he became too busy. He came here less often. Now we see him only about once every five or six months. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, does
5: Miss Amelia have any proof that they are once in love? Proof? Well, yeah, you know, a guy writes letters, stuff like that. Oh, yes, she has letters. Uh-huh. Funny about dolls, they keep things like that. That's the reason I asked. You know, dolls are soft that way. Yes, they are. She probably keeps the letters all tied up in a blue ribbon, huh?
8: No, they're in that silver box right over there on the window table. Ah.
5: Well, uh, thanks, Charles. For what, Clarence? Nothing. Yeah?
4: Milk here?
3: This is Harry. Yeah. What is happening?
5: I know where the letters are.
3: Okay, okay. Uh, Put the snatch on them and get out of there. Sure, tonight. I borrow another car. We will pick you up. Okay. Yeah, a cinch. Okay, see you later.
5: Come in.
7: I, I heard the phone ring. Uh huh.
5: Harry wants to know how I am.
7: Oh. I, I thought the phone might be for me, but I, I hope I didn't disturb you. No,
5: not at all. I,
7: I really came in for something. I, yeah? I came in for this box. The box? Yes, there's something in it.
5: Oh, looks like it is a valuable box. Oh, it's
7: very old, but what's in the box is worth a million dollars.
5: A million? Maybe more like 10,000. What? Uh, uh, nothing.
7: Mr. Clarence, would you think me a foolish old woman if I talked to you about something?
5: Like, for instance, about what?
7: These are letters.
5: Yeah, yeah, I see. I've
7: kept them for years. Now I'm going to burn them.
5: Huh? What for? You say they're worth a million. Not
7: anymore. They were as long as I thought he'd come back. You
5: are not really going to burn them. Yes.
7: They don't mean anything now. He's going to
5: marry someone. But look, if these letters... Oh, I mean, uh, they're love letters, huh? Yes, they are. Then why burn them? Uh, m- maybe you could sell them. Oh, no, that's silly. Not the way I look oh, at here's it. Oh, there's
7: one, I've read it a thousand times. He wrote it to me after we'd had a quarrel. A silly, stupid little quarrel about another girl. Yeah? Well, well to get back she to the selling, I would blonde like... blonde hair. Oh, she was very pretty, much prettier than I. I was jealous. And he and I had a fight. We didn't see each other for two days. Yeah,
5: that's swell, but do not burn these letters. Oh, then
7: he wrote me this letter. Listen, I'll read you part of it. Yeah. Sweetheart, can you forgive me? I was foolish and I admit it. Right now I'm thinking of the last time I saw you with the evening sun turning your brown hair to bronze. No blonde hair could look like that. Darling, I hate blondes. I shall always hate them, and...
5: <laughs>
7: we made up
5: then. Yeah, I see, but well, still, we
7: ought to get back That's to... that, I guess. Times change, don't they, Mr. Clarence?
5: Not much. Uh, where are you going? Uh,
7: to my room. With the letters? Why, yes. Why do you ask? Uh...
5: Well, well, look, you say you are going to burn them. Yes. You do not wish to change your mind?
7: You you disturbed about it. Well, you're very sympathetic. And I'm just a foolish old woman. Well, no, no, you are I'm not. I'm sorry I embarrassed you, but I, I wanted to talk to someone, someone besides Charles.
5: Look, Miss Amelia, I am thinking that burning those letters will be a very distasteful job. Why do you not let me do it for you? That's very
7: kind and thoughtful of It is
5: nothing at all. I
7: really do hate to burn them myself. I...
5: If you will give me the box?
7: will I... It's
5: the least I can do for you, Miss Amelia.
7: All right. Here.
5: Thank you. You will not regret this action on your part.
7: You can use the fireplace there. Good night and thank you.
5: Good night, Miss Amelia. And thank you. This is Milker. What's the matter? Nothing. I just want to tell you that, that this is going to be tougher than I think.
3: What are you talking about? You say you know where the letters are?
5: Yeah, but strictly speaking, they are not now in the same place.
3: Look, it is all very well for you to be in such a soft spot, but do not forget that there are ten G's awaiting us. You will please remember.
5: I remember, but there is something else that comes up. Do not pick me up tonight. In fact, do not pick me up until I give you the word.
1: Goodbye. That is the way it stands. And the next day is Saturday, and the day that comes after is bound to be Sunday. And it is on Sunday that something happens at Miss Amelia Bodkin's house. Milkier is sitting on the porch with Charles and Miss Amelia when a big town car drives up in front and stops. And the scene is as follows. Jabez! <gasps> Jabez! Mr.
8: Tuesday, sir. Mr.
1: Tuesday. Hello, Amelia.
6: Oh. Hello, child. Amelia, darling, can you ever forgive me? Jabez, why,
8: what do you mean? Oh, I was a
6: fool, a stupid idiot, and I... Oh.
7: Oh, oh, Jabez, this is Mr. Clarence. Mr. Clarence, this is Mr. Jabez Tuesday.
5: Yeah, I recognize him from his pictures, which are in all the papers. I, yeah, how do you do? Pretty good, I guess. Yes, I. Uh, Sit so so down, Mr. Tuesday. Enjoy oh, the yes. Oh, Jabez, it's so nice to see you. Oh, Amelia,
6: I, I want to talk with you. I, I must. Why, of
7: course, Jabez. We can go in the house. I'm sure Mr. Clarence will excuse us.
6: With a great deal of pleasure. <laughs> go right ahead. Yes, yes. Excuse us, please. Come along, Jabez.
8: This is very odd. It is? Why? Why, Mr. Tuesday never comes out here on Sunday, and uh, maybe
5: there is something that changes his mind. And well, he seemed very excited, didn't he? Yeah, he does seem a little upset. Wonder why. Charles.
8: Yes, Mr. Clarence? Look in the window. The window?
5: Yeah, yeah, right here. They. They're kissing each other. Uh-huh. Charles, it looks like Miss Amelia has got her guy back.
8: I don't understand.
5: Maybe you are not supposed to, Charlie. Just take things as they come, I always say. Just take things as they come. But you can bet your last, Bob, that Miss Amelia Botkin will be Mrs. Jabez Tuesday any day now.
1: So it seems that Mr. Jabez Tuesday and Miss Amelia Bodkin get together. But there are still a few things that need a little clearing up. And they get cleared up when I hear the rest of the story, which I will tell to you in a minute. Like I say, there are a few things that need clearing up. And the clearing up comes that night in Mindy's. Harry is just finishing telling me what happens before, and the scene is as follows. So, that is that. It is? But uh, there are a few things I do not understand. Uh Uh-huh. No, no, what I mean is, what happens?
5: Well, it happens that I sent the letters to Miss Valerie Scarwater.
1: What? You sent Mr. Tuesday's letters to Miss Bodkin, to his fiancée?
5: That is what he
3: does. At first, I am blind enough to put the blast on milk here. Yeah,
5: but I sent the letters to Miss Scarwater. And it seems she is a blonde, so it is better than even money. She does not like the letter referring to blondes. So, she slugs Mr. Jabez Tuesday
1: with an 18-karat vanity case and turns him out. Then, is when he discovers, he loves Miss Bodkin. But what about your 10 Gs? You do not get them. Oh,
5: yes, we do. We have got Mr. Tuesday over a barrel. He gives us the money. But
3: there is one thing for which we are very mad at, Mr. Tuesday. And that is why we wish to locate
1: Judge Farber. You get 10 G's and you are mad?
5: Yeah. You remember he tells us that we should collect the silverware so this looks like an ordinary robbery?
1: Yeah, I remember.
5: Well, as it
3: turns out, we do not get the silverware. In fact, we go back there some nights later to collect it, and we are turned away by a shotgun.
5: After he promises us we can have the silver. So? So... We wish to locate Judge Farber to find out if we can sue Mr. Jabez Tuesday for breach of promise.
0: And so ends the famous story, Breach of Promise. For another great Damon Runyon story, listen in again next week too. The Damon Runyon Theater. Damon Runyon Theater with John Brown as Broadway is directed by Richard Sandville and the stories adapted for radio by Russell Hughes. This is a Mayfair production.